Hey, how we all doing? Everybody glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Hey, I said, is everybody glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Come on, come on, get back to your seats. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Hey, I said, it's going to be a good day. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. Hey, has, was worship not awesome? Okay, we're going to... We're going to have a boxing match real soon if it doesn't. I said, was worship not awesome? Hey, we are blessed, and I mean blessed, to have the level of music that we do here. And, and, and here's the thing, it's not about the music. It really isn't. And it's not about the, the skill level of the guys up here on the stage and the girls. It's not about that. It's about the fact that every weekend, it is an amazing moment that we get to we get to take what we should have been saying this whole last week and the phrases and the words that we should have been communicating to God and we get to come into a place like this and next to each other and we get to we just get to tell God how grateful we are of him worship is so amazing it really is and and it's not about these guys up here but it's about your relationship with God and, and I tell you what we are blessed to have what we have here we really are blessed to have what we have here and I hope you don't take it for granted I hope you don't take it for granted and Pastor Tom and Shelby are in Tulsa Oklahoma right now they're celebrating 25 years of ministry with Guts Church and and I tell you what we are blessed because of Guts Church and what they have uh, poured into our church and our leadership and our pastors and so they're having a great time over there and it's, it's amazing and we are grateful that they get to go and do those kinds of things because that's important for them. And, and, and I'm grateful because I get to be here and hang out with these people here. With the, no place else I'd rather be. And, and it's going to be a great weekend. And they just wanted you guys to know they love you and they miss you and they can't wait to get back. And, and here's what's funny is, uh, you know, my dad, he, he really, I know he can't wait to get back because he'll call me. And I think he does this with all my brothers. But see, what you guys don't know is... Come Saturday night when he preaches for the first time in that week, we've heard the message like 17 billion times. Uh, what he does, he calls you and, and he's like, How, how's it going? You're like, good. He's like, good, good. And you're like, what's up? He's like, let me tell you what I've been thinking about. And you're like, okay, I figured it's coming. And you start talking and 25 minutes later, you know, you're like walking through Costco and you're trying to carry stuff and talk at the same time. And... He's like, yeah, no, this, I, I'm excited. This is going to be amazing. And he's already done that this week. And he, when he gets a moment to take a break and just think, and oh my gosh, the calls have been off the charts. And he's ready to come back. And I'm ready for him to come back. And I tell you what, the last couple of weeks of him preaching on the Holy Spirit has been amazing. Yeah. It's been mind-blowing. It really has. And yeah, and, and, and I don't, you know, I don't say that to, to elevate him or to, 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 to you know, pump him up. It, it really has been. It really has been to be able to sit and listen and, 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 and you know, during, during the service, I hear it and I listen to it and for me, it's like, man, this is really good and I think about it and I internalize it, but, but it's through the week when I get into actual life situations that I realize, oh my gosh, this is what he was talking about. This is what he meant when he said that my life today is greater with the Holy Spirit than if I was standing next to Jesus walking with him down the road. 
that our life today is greater, it's more powerful with the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us than if Jesus was living with you every single day. Man, it blows my mind. It really does. And, and the last couple of weeks have been so important because as I begin to study and as I begin to realize, like I want to stay in the same vein that he's been preaching on. And so it's like I begin to study and I begin to realize, oh my gosh, like I don't know enough. Like I need to know more. Like I need to, I need to dive further into this. Like I need to get this on the inside of me so that in those situations it just pops out. That's what pops out. And realizing some of the stuff that he's been preaching on, it's, it will change your life. And, and it's funny because when we talk about the Holy Spirit, for me, it's like, I want to do it in a relevant way. Like it's 2017, you know, like the stained glass is gone. And I want to talk in a, in a way that it, it makes sense and that anybody, no matter what perspective they might have, they can understand and they can relate to it. But at the same time, I want it to be none of me and all of God. I don't want just smooth speech and eloquent talk. I want it to be God. And so it's a struggle that I, I want to be, I want people to like to listen to me, but I, I want there to be God's power in it. And, and, and to be honest, the best way that I can describe the Holy Spirit and his role in our life is, yeah, I was thinking about it this week and at the gym, I was telling TJ and Noe, and just like, this is how it makes sense to me is, you know, it's like we're in a basketball game, and the score is 100 to 100, and Jesus is our starting point guard, and he actually has 100 points. He's literally carried the game on his back. You know, we don't really do anything, you know, and we get down, and we have three seconds left in the game, and we call a timeout. We're, we're over there, and it's like, okay, what's the plan, right? We got three seconds left. We got to win the game, and, and, and it's like, I got it. I know the plan. I know the plan. Hey, Jesus has 100 points. He can make another basket. Give him the ball. We'll stand out there. We'll do our job. we give Jesus the ball. And Jesus says, no. I'm actually sitting this one out. I'm actually, I'm, I'm benching myself. You take the ball. You go and score. And the ball represents the Holy Spirit. And that right now, and see, here's what's amazing is we believe in the Trinity, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they each have their role. They each have a part to play. And what's amazing is Jesus came and he played his part. He died on a cross for you and for me and for the world. But I'm telling you this, his part, he's done his part. And now he's giving us the ball with the Holy Spirit and the power that comes with that. And he's saying, you need to go out and you need to finish the game. You need to drop to the hoop and you need to score. But so often we get into situations and we freak out. And we throw the ball back to Jesus and say, do it. I need you to take care of this. It's too hard. I can't handle it. And he's just waiting to give you back the ball because he's not playing anymore. And I'm not saying that Jesus isn't important because he had a major role to play. But they're a team. And Jesus played his role and now it's the Holy Spirit's turn. And I'm telling you this, that if you would learn to allow the Holy Spirit into your life, a relationship with him, 
and allow God's power and his spirit. The Bible says that we have the same power that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of us. That if you would allow that power to operate in your life, your life would be what? The greatest life imaginable. The greatest life you could ever imagine, it would be greater than that. I'm not saying it doesn't come without trials and tests and hardships. But what I'm telling you is, a couple months ago, Pastor Bill was here and he said a statement that really stuck with me. And he said, if it's in your life, you're in control of it. I'm telling you, God has given you an option, a choice, to be in control. And my prayer today is that we would not just leave here and people say, wow, Stephen did a great job. You know, man, he's really growing. <laughs> I remember the first time he preached. Man, that's a big seal. <laughs> man, but that we would leave here and it would be, I'm changed. That it would be, God's spirit did something on the inside of me that I, I can't explain. I can't but I'm different than I came in here. I'm different than when I came in. I just wanna pray, God, we just thank you right now for who you are and what you're doing here today. God, thank you that your spirit is present. God, that it's here and it's ready to work and move on the inside of our lives. God, I thank you that you are God and that your words would come through and my words would be few. God, I pray today that this message would change people's lives, that it wouldn't just be me, but it'd be full of your power. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. You know, as we continue talking about the Holy Spirit, and, you know, I started to look into, okay, well, who would be an example of someone who is full of God's Spirit and who, who operated in it and who, 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 who would be a, someone that I could model my life after? Um, and the first choice was obviously Jesus. <laughs> I don't think you can get better than that. Uh, but really, I started looking at the Apostle Paul. And I believe that he is the second most important person in our faith next to Jesus. I believe he made a way, he carved a path for us. And his life would be an example of what it looks like to be committed to Christ and what his call is for your life. And here's the deal. If you don't know this, God has a call on every single person's life. No matter where you're at, where you've been, what you've done, God has a call on your life. And what's amazing is the Bible says that God doesn't give someone a call and then regret it, wish he could take it back, that he, it's still there. God's plan for your life is still available for you. And that's how good God is and how amazing he is. And I started looking at the Apostle Paul, and there's a, a story in, in uh, Acts that I want to read you guys. I'm going to read it in the message, and, and we'll, we'll kind of dive in and, and, and kind of stick around here for the rest of the day. But it says, we met on Sunday to worship and celebrate the Master's Supper. Paul addressed the congregation. Our plan was to leave first thing in the morning, but Paul talked on way past midnight. I sense bitterness. I... That's just me. I just feel like maybe somebody had a, a different plan and didn't go the way they wanted. And Paul talked on way past midnight. And we were meeting in a well-lighted upper room, and a young man named Eutychus was sitting in an open window as Paul went on and on. There it is again. He, he really was like, I mean, I guess he talked for a while. And Eutychus fell sound asleep, 
and toppled out of the third story window. And when they picked him up, he was dead. Now, listen, I've been to some interesting church services before. I really have. There's a one time that I can remember so clearly that me and my brothers, we went out of town with a, a, a couple and, and they took us. They told my parents, hey, you guys go ahead and take the weekend to yourselves and have a great time. We'll take the boys and we'll make sure they have a great time. And, and I think their intentions were good. It just didn't really play out that way. You know, it's like, I don't want to go on a 10-mile bike ride. I want to hang out at the pool. But then we didn't really get our way. And so the weekend kind of, it, I mean, it wasn't like amazing, you know, bless their hearts. But um, uh, we, we, we did go to church on a Sunday morning. And I remember we're in there and it's wood pews. And, and you know, we're used to like our church and what we do. And you're sitting in there and your just, eyes are just like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on? And it was like a like a fire and brimstone message, like turn or burn, you know, like, do you know how hot hell is type of thing? And you're sitting there and like, I'm scared for my life. Like, I'm going to answer the altar call just because, like, I just don't want him to kill me or, or something to happen. You know, it's like, it was intense, intense. I mean, I've been in some interesting church services before, but never one where one of the congregants died because of the preaching. Like never one where it was so bad that someone literally died. And the next time someone says to you like, hey, how was church? And you're like, oh, it was a tough one. I've heard better. Just say, okay, but did you die? Like you're still breathing. You know, you didn't fall out of a window. He said, Eutychus fell sound asleep and toppled out of the third story window. And when they picked him up, he was dead. And then you go on to, Paul went down and stretched himself on him and hugged him hard. And he said, no more crying. There is life in him yet. Then Paul got up and served the master's supper and went on telling stories of the faith until dawn. On that note, they left. And Paul going one way in the congregation, another leading the boy off alive and all full of life themselves. I really like that last part, that although one person did die, everybody left full of life. You know, one person caused a revival, and everybody got to experience the revival. And because everyone experienced the revival, everybody left full of life. And my hope today is that we would have less casualties, but that we would all leave full of life. That you would leave here and maybe a different perspective on what you might be going through. I believe today that God wants to raise some places in our lives back up from the dead. That there's things that we've been going through and things that we've experienced that we look at it and it seems as if death has, it's, it's over, it's the end. And God would like to lift those back up and raise them back up. And That's my hope today. And you know, as we look at Paul, and if you do any research on Paul, you realize that he was pretty, uh, he was pretty intelligent. You know, he got to study under one of the most noted rabbis in the history. And that, you know, you start reading about when students are in, they're underneath rabbis, that by age 12, they can, they've memorized certain, not like a scripture, but like the Old Testament, <laughs> 
And, and he was actually versed in, in multiple different cultures, and he could speak multiple different languages. He was a master in Greek theology, and he, 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 he knew what he was doing. He was intelligent, and, and I've come to realize that they obviously didn't study like public speaking and that kind of stuff because he was obviously not very good at that, uh, that he had other talents and other strengths, and public speaking was not one of those, and so... But what's interesting about Paul is, you know, he writes in, and I believe it's 1 Corinthians, about his ability to, to speak publicly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, When I came to you, brothers, announcing the testimony of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And here's the deal. If you're wondering, what do I need to know to make an impact? What do I need to know to further? You need to know this, that Jesus Christ came for you, that he loves you. He died for you. He rose again for you and he's coming back for you. That's all you need to know to do something for the kingdom of God. Paul says, he goes on to say that, and I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, obviously, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and power. So that your faith might not be based on men's wisdom, but on God's power. You know, I, I want to be a good public speaker. But more than that, I, I want God's power on it. You know, there's probably times where you're trying to do something in wherever you work or place of business or friends and you're trying to communicate the gospel in such a way that it sounds nice and is eloquent, but really all you need to know is that Jesus Christ loves everybody and he came and he died for us. And through his Holy Spirit and the power of his Holy Spirit on the inside of our lives, that we can have a new life. That we can have a new life. And I look at the story with Paul and, you know, his response is interesting to me. I mean... In today's culture, if someone died during your sermon, that would be what we call a ministry killer, and you would probably be out of business. Uh, you probably would find something new to do, um, because obviously preaching is not your gift. Um, but what's interesting is Paul, who is probably the furthest one away from the guy who falls out of the window, was the first one on the scene. And his response kind of baffles me. It's, it's interesting because he says, it says that he lays down on him. And I, I'm trying to, you know, really I've been kind of praying, okay, God, you got to show me why would you lay, why would he lay his body down? Like to me, that's really weird. And I thought about bringing somebody up here to give you guys a visual of what that would look like. But I'm just going to stray away from that uh, because it is, it just sounds really weird that Paul would lay himself on top of someone. But you know, Paul knew that his ability wasn't in himself, but his ability was in the power of God, the Spirit of God that was on the inside of him. You know, think about what Paul must have been thinking about as he, he says he's three stories up, so as he begins to travel down the three stories, I wonder what started going through his head. Like, I know what would go through my head. Crap. Like, oh God, I'm done. I'm finished. This is it. There it goes. One guy named Eutychus that nobody actually even likes. He has to ruin it for everybody. Oh my gosh. And and as you go, you know, you got three flights of stairs to go down. And, I'm, you know, to take me a couple minutes to get down, there's a lot of thoughts come through my head, you know. And, oh, my gosh, I'm done. And, but Paul had to have been thinking something different. Uh, 
Paul had to have been thinking something along the lines of, you know, it's interesting because Jesus said that through the Holy Spirit that I would be able to do the works that he did and even greater works than he did. And, you know, he must have thought about the time that they said, you know, they told me about that story where Jesus stood in front of Lazarus's tomb and said, come out. And Lazarus walked out. So if Lazarus can be raised from the dead, well, can't Eutychus be raised from the dead? And he gets out there onto the thing that he thought was, everybody thought was dead, and he begins to speak life over it. His response is so amazing. And he tells the people, because here's the difference in responses. One person is out speaking life over a situation that seems dead. The other people are panicking. They're crying. And you know what? That's such a great picture of society today. That something bad happens and we would like to sit back and whine about it. We want to sit back and have people feel sorry for us and have them mourn with us. And we want to cry. And Paul says, stop your crying. There is life in him. My question is, what is your response? What is your response? Are you still crying because it didn't go the way you wanted? Because you didn't get what you thought you should have? Paul's ministry was literally empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he's doing what he was called to do and people died. Yet his response was to speak life. You know what's interesting is I can usually tell, and I think we all can, usually tell who is full of God's spirit by the way they respond. How do you respond? What do you say? Here's a question. Do you pray or do you post? Do you pray or do you complain? Do you complain or do you gossip? You know what a good practice that we all could do is? A good practice is this week, find the three or four people that we hang around the most and ask them this. Do do you think I pray or do you think I complain? I wonder what their answer would be. I wonder what the people around you, their perception of you is. Because here's what I've come to realize is that you can either speak life or you speak death. And there is no neutral ground. There is no neutral ground. And for me, that changed the way I interacted with the baristas at the coffee shops. Because I'm either giving life or I'm taking life. And if you have to justify why you took life from somebody else, you're wrong. Well, they were in my window like halfway through and they're talking to me at a thousand miles an hour and at 6.30 in the morning, nobody should be that energetic and that optimistic at 6.30 a.m. I haven't even got my coffee. (laughs) You're either taking life or you're given life. And you know, Paul being full of the Spirit, he gives us an example of what to do in certain situations. And I believe that it's a picture of 
today in society? My question is, what is your response? Paul gets all the way down to the ground and you know, that really interested me that Paul would get on the ground and in the dirt and you know, there's this one time I was, we were at a river and I think it was Sacagawea Park and we were, we were a lot younger and we met out with some friends for a picnic and you know, they have that, that area roped off for the kids to swim in and, and that's where we were going to get to swim and we were super excited and, and like me and my brothers, like, we're, like, pretty good swimmers. Like, really, we're not, we're not bad. Like, we're actually pretty good. And, you know, my grandparents have a river across the, the highway from their house. And we would go out when we were younger, and, and we would swim across the river and back. And, and for how little we were, the current was pretty strong. But, you know, we learned that, okay, when you're swimming across the, the river, you, you pick a point, and that's where you just keep your focus, and you just start swimming and swimming and swimming. And although it feels like you're getting farther and farther away, you just keep your eyes on that one point and you just keep swimming and swimming and swimming and eventually you realize that you're on the other side of the river and you made it all the way across and so I mean we were we were pretty decent swimmers and and so I was at the age where um it's like okay Stephen you put the floaties on because you're going I said no mom I don't need the floaties like I'm a big I'm a big dog now I can swim across the river I don't need the floaties give him the TJ he needs the floaties I'm okay don't worry about me and and so they let me swim in the river without the floaties as long as I stayed within the, you know, the gated off area. And, and I've had this thought. I said, I bet it would be funny if I pretended that I was drowning. Right? Like, I, like, I, I bet that would be funny. And, and, and at this moment in my comical career, I had yet to learn the art of timing. You know, good Good comedians, they know when to like leave someone hanging, but they also know when to like shut the door on that. So you're like, oh, I get it. I had yet to learn that skill. And, and so I'm like, ha this is so funny. This is so funny. And, and the next thing I know, I look up and there is my dad like halfway in the water, just jumping through the waves. And he picks me up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a magic trick. Like, how did you get out of here so quick? Wow. You know, and I got reprimanded and I got in trouble and I probably had to wear the floaties after that and I was like, it's such a joke, like come on, you know, and it wasn't funny though, and uh, but I look at the way my dad responded and although it wasn't real, what if it was real, because he thought it was real, he goes all the way in and what's interesting is there's people in our lives that we know of that are falling out of windows left and right <laughs> but our response is something along the lines of we get really close to the edge and come on give me your hand come on just get over here I'll, I'll help you out or or our response is something along the lines of yeah you deserve that you deserve what you're getting and when you decide to get it figured out then I'll help you but isn't the gospel that we go all the way in? I mean, isn't that what Jesus did? That he didn't just stand at the side and said, hey, if you'll work, I'll work. But if you're not going to work, then I'm not going to help you. No, but he goes all the way in. He goes all the way in. And here's what we need to realize, that if we're not willing to go all the way in, we can't help people get all the way out. Paul's response is to go all the way in, 
all the way down into the dirt. Most people aren't willing to get dirty. Why? Because we're going to look bad or we'll look wrong. But has God ever let you down before? Why would he start now? And Paul goes all the way in. My question is, what is, your, what is your response? My second question is, what are you speaking? What's coming out of your mouth? Is it life or is it death? Paul says there's life yet in this. And the reason he's able to choose his response is because I believe he was full of the Spirit. And that he had a relationship with God's Spirit. And you know, in the Bible, Peter writes, and he, he writes concerning Paul, and, and basically says, you guys need to listen to Paul. Paul knows what he's talking about. Follow Paul. And I heard someone talking about the reason is because Peter walked with Jesus. He had a relationship with Jesus. Like, he literally shared meals with Jesus. And so Peter's issue is he would go back to the flesh. He would go back to the flesh, and then he'd go back to the spirit, and then he'd go back to the flesh. But Paul only knew God's spirit. Paul only had a relationship with the Spirit of God. And so many of us here, we want a relationship with Jesus, right? Why? Because Jesus died for my sins. And, and Jesus, and we paint this picture of how pretty Jesus is. And he holds the children and the lamb. And we want a relationship with him. But the deal is that your relationship is more important with the Holy Spirit than it is with Jesus. What is your response, and what are you saying? And you know, one of the things I've realized is, as I try to become a better communicator, is that in order to be a, a, a good communicator, you need to be able to see it from different perspectives. That you can't just go in on one perspective and on one thought, and, and, and that's your only thought, because if you do, you, you, you close people out. Because apparently not everybody has the same perception that I do. Not everybody thinks the same way I do. And for example, you think about the story of David and Goliath, and most people would preach that, hey, we're David, and all you got to do is you got to face your giant, and guess what? The God of angel armies is going to have your back, and if you just step out and do what he's called you to do, that you will slay your giants, and not only that giant, but all the giant's brothers, and you can do what God has called you to do. I mean, most people, that's how I would preach it, that we are David, and we can do and defeat Goliath. But what if we change the perspective a little bit and it was, now you're not just talking to Davis, but you're also talking to some Goliaths in the room. I mean, that would change the way that you talk about the conversation. That would change the way that you saw the whole picture because now you're not just talking to Davis, but now you have Goliaths in the room. And the matter of fact is that God's word and his plan is for Goliath as well, that God wants to have a future with Goliath as well as he does with David. God's word is for everybody. And so as I look at this story and I try to see it from a different perspective, I realize that I might not just be talking to a bunch of Pauls. That there might actually be some of us in here that are Eutychus. That we've gotten to a place in our lives where we've fallen asleep. We've become so comfortable and so lax that we could sit through a church service and not have to really pay attention to what's going on. And come so relax in what we know that we think we actually know it all. And that's what I love about God's Spirit is that He knows it all. I don't. 
And if I actually ever get to the place where I think that I could know more than what the Spirit of God does, I hope I never get there. But some of us might be Eutychus. And I'll tell you what, I think Eutychus was probably dead long before he fell out of that window. I think him falling asleep and falling out of a window is probably the best thing that ever happened to him. I think God allows moments and situations like that where we would fall asleep and we would fall and hit the ground and so that he could, not, not like, oh wow, he's so mean that he would let us die. No, he's so good that he would raise you back up. And there's areas of our lives that we've fallen asleep in and to be honest, I don't even think we know that there's areas of our lives that we've allowed to die. And we're looking at them thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we're so used to seeing things die in our society. We're so used to just seeing things die and then leaving them in the cemetery. But not everything that is dead is, is to stay in a cemetery. Not everything that dies has to stay in a cemetery. But God wants to lift some things up in our lives today through the power of his Holy Spirit. And I don't know what you might be facing today. I don't know what you're going through. But there's probably areas that you're looking at and you're wondering, how can this get any worse? How can this get any better? And those are the areas that God wants to lift up. It's not dead. There is life still in it yet. If you leave here with anything else today, I want you to know that your plan, that God's plan for your future is not dead. There is life still in it. Did you know that the word Eutychus actually means good fortune? <laughs> I just think that's funny. What do you do when good fortune falls out the window? What do you do? When money stops coming in? What do you do when the kids just seem like they're never coming back? What do you do when the separation between you and your spouse seems to get farther and farther? What do you do when the doctor comes in and tells you what you don't want to hear? What do you do? Where are you at? Do you look at it? Do you start crying, getting sad? See, the Bible says that there's a time and season for everything. There's a time for mourning, but there's also a time for rejoicing. What do you do? What is your response? Are you willing? I think that's all. I think that's really the key. Paul was willing to get down, get dirty, and begin to speak life over a situation that didn't look good. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to allow God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to come into your life in such a way that you can look at areas of your life that seem dead and you can begin to speak life over them? You can begin to speak life over them. Do you know that? You can begin to speak life over those situations. You have the power to speak life over your situations. I don't care how bad it looks, how dark it gets, you have the power to speak life over your situation. Stop crying. There is life 
still in it. Stop crying. There is life still in your situation. Stop mourning. Stop putting down. There's life still in your situation. If you're here and because I have to tell you this, the Holy Spirit is in this place. And here's what's great. You don't have to believe in it. But that doesn't change the fact that he's not here. Because he is. The Holy Spirit's here. And he wants to do some things in our lives. And you know, if you're here and you're, there's areas of your life that you're looking at it, and from up until now, until this point, it's been dead. And that's your perception. But you're going to be willing to allow God's Spirit to come and work on the inside of you. And you're going to be willing to jump all in and begin to speak life over that situation. You're going to be willing to allow God's Spirit to show you and speak to you. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's your strengthener begin to raise those things up in the dead. If that's you and there's areas of your life where you want God to lift them back up, would you just stand up wherever you're at? God's Spirit's here. His Spirit is here. Here's the deal. I believe that what Paul said is prophetic. That it's time to stop crying. It's time to stop feeling bad. And it's time to take control of your life. That God has given you through his spirit. You have control of your life. it's time to start speaking life back into it. It's not over. It's not over. He's not done. He's not finished. His word never returns void. But it always accomplishes exactly with what he has set it out to do. It's not over. It's not done. I said there's life still in it yet. God, I thank you for every single person who's standing here today. God, I thank you that the plan for their life is still in action. God, I thank you that all they have to do is accept a relationship with your spirit. And they get to start deciding how they respond in such a manner, in such a way. It doesn't matter if we look bad. It doesn't matter if we get dirty. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we're bringing life into situations. God, I thank you that the situations that are, you're raising up from the dead, I thank you that they're not for us, but they're for the people that we're connected to. God, that they're for the people that we have relationship with. That because you're raising things up in our life, we get to help other people raise areas up in their lives. God, I thank you that we wouldn't keep this to ourselves, but we would be contributors to what you want to do in this world hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. God, thank you that I speak life over their situation. That there is life in it yet. 
In Jesus' name. If you receive that, just say amen. Come on. Give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand. It's awesome. Hey, take a seat. Take a seat, please. And here, if we could, I just want to give an opportunity for people to get a relationship with God. And Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And I believe that the, one of the first steps that you need to take is to enter into a real relationship with God into a real life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. and We do that by believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And the Bible says that then you are saved. And something special when people leave here knowing that their life is right with God. It's called revival. Revival is not dead. It's not gone for a different time. You know, every one of our services, people give their lives to God, and that right there is a small piece of revival. That right there is something dead coming into new life. Every weekend here at the Garden, we experience revival. The resuscitating of life. If you're here today and you want that relationship, that real relationship with God, would everybody close their eyes and bow their heads? If that's you, and you're going to leave here knowing that your life is right with God, would you just lift your hand up in the air right now, wherever you're at? Thank you. 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 Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. This is too easy. Is there anybody else? Because you want to leave here knowing that your life is right. Anybody else? Would you just repeat this after me and say, God, I thank you for sending your son to die for me. Today, I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Make me clean. And I choose to live for you the rest of my life. I love you, God. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, can we give God a round of applause for what he did today?